0: Hey guys, welcome back to an episode of Bob to This Music. My name is Mike. I'm Drew, and we today are doing an episode profiling our favorite songs of the year 2010. Yeah, which is the year we both graduated high school. Ah, yeah, giving away my age. Uh-huh. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, honestly, like we we talked about what other themes that we can do in 2010 like i think a 2000 series of profiling different years in the 2000s mm-hmm. would be fun especially since like that was like that's been our prime mm-hmm. essentially um that's when and, we grew up with our music essentially yeah, yeah and really grew into our own um and honestly looking back today 2010 was obviously one of my favorite years like of music um
1: yeah i was looking through the list of albums released and the list of artists that released albums throughout the year and it's, like, one star after another. Oh, so. wow.
0: You star your No, I'm albums? saying it was
1: one pop star after another.
0: Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and honestly, like, there, I mean, Kesha, um, I mean, Lady Gaga had spillover in the 2010 a little bit. Yeah,
1: her singles were Spilled big hits over. in 2010.
0: Um Rihanna. Rihanna. And I mean, just like every poster. Katy Perry, like. She had a big year. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Even Justin
1: Bieber and. Oh, yeah, I forgot about him. Miley Cyrus kind of. Dovetailed a little moved bit. Moved away from yeah.
0: her Hannah Montana. Oh, I forgot about that damn album. Years. Can't be tamed. I yeah. was like, I. So. Regardless of stay, it was a year of transformation for these artists. It was also a year of transformation for us, I feel like, which is why I think 2010 is so special. Yeah, probably. We were graduating high school, entering college, um, and living life. Life to the fullest. Life to yeah. the fullest. So we're going to do what we did last time and profile three songs. Mm-hmm. And those three songs are just going to be what our picks are, and we're going to talk about why. And then we'll also
1: talk about some honorable mentions that we also liked and didn't really have time to dive into, but we'll mention a few ones that didn't make the cut.
0: It was not in the plan, but we realized we have way too many damn songs that we at least want to get out there at least once, y'all.
1: Yeah. We gotta gotta talk about a lot of these songs, because they were... They were special.
0: Yes. Special times, special songs. Are we ready to dive into it? Yeah, let's do it. Sounds good. So we'll kick off with one of my first picks, mm-hmm. which is going to be a track called Get Out of My Way by Kylie Minogue. Go ahead and take a listen. Get oh, Out of My, my, my way, way by Kylie Minogue. Have we talked about Kylie on our podcast before? I don't know if we have. She made our oh, uh, yes. best songs of the year so yes. far. Yes, Drew's our uh, historian. Podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, she did. And we talked about Kylie before. Because she's still uh, going at it with yeah. music in 2018. She's basically the UK version of Madonna. Um, but in 2010, Kylie released an album. I she was Australian. Yeah, but she's really popular in the UK as well. Oh, okay. um, she is Australian, but very, very popular in the UK. Gotcha. Yeah, sure. um, and Australia. So, anyways, um, she released an album called Aphrodite in 2010. Um, very dance pop album. It was made with Stuart Price. Stuart Price is um, a producer on one of my favorite Madonna albums, which was called Confessions on the Dance Floor. Mm, um, yeah. So, it goes to show why I love this album so much. I remember. Being obsessed with the record so much, especially this track, uh, listening to it every day. In my my, uh, I still a teenager, so teen angst, thinking I'm in love, and <laughs> driving around to this track. And honestly, like it is pop dance perfection. Yeah, it's very um, upbeat, but it
1: starts with those piano chords, like duh, 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 mm. and then it builds up to uh, this very catchy and. Um, addictive beat and it's very thumping and yeah, like you said, it's very very much meant for the dance floor. And actually, I don't know if you knew this, but um, a portion of the song is sampled in... Oh, in a
0: song came a couple years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, which one is it called?
1: It's called Cool by Alesso. Yes, okay.
0: Oh, Alesso, yeah. yeah. Alesso came a DJ. And he sampled the... Yeah.
1: Yeah, he sampled the beginning part
0: of the... Yeah. Uh, and a couple the song. Yeah, and like kind of made it more, he inner, kind of pulled it throughout the entire song. Um, I mean, so this track, honestly, at least in the U.S. to me, probably could have been a big hit. It was released later on, maybe a couple years later. In 2010, that whole dance EDM craze hadn't really hit the U.S. yet. Um, we were called kind of stuck in a mixed spillover of urban. Like, it was a weird time with music. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the really bubblegum pop was kind of back up and running right. at that yeah. time. Um, so this song, like, there's a reason why I was number one in the dance charts in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and didn't chart anywhere else.
1: Yeah, and I'm thinking, because Kylie really only had, like, the one major hit in the U.S. with Can't Get You Out of My Head. Mm-hmm. And... This song kind of has a similar feel to that one, so... Yeah. Um, I'm not sure why it didn't gain much traction here in yeah. the U.S., because um, they're not entirely different as far as their musical aesthetics. Yeah,
0: it's, it's not. And, and Kylie has a lot of great hits and songs that just don't blow up the U.S., But because it's a show that it's really hard to crack the U.S. She did it once. Plus,
1: there's ageism.
0: Yeah, ageism. Uh, yes, I've... Very big... Um, Advocate against ageism in radio. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no. So honestly, this, when I think of 2010, this track popped up my head. I'm like, oh my God, like this was <laughs> one of my defining songs of the year.
1: Yeah, it's a great one.
0: And if you guys have not listened to it, you need to, honestly. Check out our website, boptothismusic.com. <laughs> so go
1: ahead, Drew, introduce us to your first track. Okay, so my first track is from an artist that i basically love all of her stuff and that would be kesha and the song that she released that i really love from 2010 is your love is my drug so take a listen to this
0: maybe i need some rehab or maybe just need
1: some sleep i got a sick obsession i'm seeing it in my dreams i'm That was Your Love Is My Drug by Kesha. And Kesha actually released her first full-length album in 2010. On New Year's Day. New Year's Day, January 1st, yes. Um, this was just a really solid debut album. And Do you we, know always, why? we always have to go back to our, <laughs> the Dr. Lou connection. Um, he's a great producer, but... Ultimately, he was... A crappy person. He was a crappy person, and specifically to Kesha, and that's kind of um, why there was such a long period in between albums for her. Um, but this song was... It's got that blazing electronic intro, like dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Mm-hmm. Um, and on this debut album, Kesha still... She she kind of clings to that rap-like...
0: Raps, um, rap-sing-like combination. Yeah, it's like
1: a rap-sung um, approach that she uses. And I kind of like that. That um, she mixes like the rapping on the verses with uh, kind of... Um,
0: going all for its type of chorus. She didn't really do that on her last album, did she? She didn't On like, Rainbow? Yeah, she sang pretty much. She didn't bring that rap.
1: Yeah, no, she hasn't I miss it. <laughs> she hasn't done the rap like uh, since like Warrior. stylish styling for a while. So um yeah. I mean this song I, I really like that you can the you can repeat the lyrics and they're just they're different, but they're so memorable, you know?
0: Yeah. It has, it has a nice, like, meaning to the song. Like, I think we've all had people in our lives where we just feel like, whether it's, it's like, an actual love or, you know, um, a lust, mm-hmm. it, you know, love can be addicting. It's a drug. And I think this the song captures that so well, and that love is a drug. Yeah.
1: Yeah, She she kind of encapsulates that with... Kind of like the busyness of the of the sound that it produces. Yeah, um, you kind of like in a in a daze when you're when you're in that type of moment where you don't know if like this type of love is real or if it's just kind of like you said, yeah, a feeling of that based in lust. But um, yeah, I really love this song. This one,
0: I like memorize the lyrics to this like right away. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but. Um, I was I mean, obsessed with it when I first came out. Like, literally obsessed. Yeah. Um, I liked it better than TikTok, to be honest. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, TikTok was an
1: instant hit that kind of permeated um, the masses, and mm-hmm. it was appealing to, to all types of age groups, but yeah. um, this song just really struck a chord with me.
0: So, I don't remember this being a huge radio hit. Do you? Like, but apparently um, it was. I mean, it got top four in the top one, top, um, the hot 100. Uh, but I think from what I'm gathering, it's mostly because of digital sales, hmm. like not streaming, but obviously cause I wasn't really that much present back then, but digital sales, like, I don't remember hearing it a lot on the radio, at least in our area. No, I don't, I don't
1: think so. I yeah. mean, the, the majority of the lessons I've had from it have just been like on my own, my own Apple music. Yeah. Uh, you didn't have that music back then, though. Well,
0: <laughs> I know what mean. Yeah, no, I remember... My like, own, like, choice we, music streaming service. I mean, I think we might mean. have, like, had literally burned copies of the CD from one of our friends <laughs> and, like, r- ripped it into her, our computers. Like, that's <laughs> back in the day when we had to do that, kids. Um, I think what I love about the song is that the bombastic pop chorus that it has. Um, 2010 was kind of the era of, like, very, again, very pop bubblegum, like return with electro vibes to it Mm -hmm. um but also big big choruses Mm -hmm. which is not really present these days like they don't have like those choruses that just like give you that oomph um and I miss it and this is like Kesha and her I don't want to say prime but like I like Kesha the old Kesha
1: I know I mean that's why we fell in love with her right yeah because of these these choruses and kind of these raunchy esque lyrics Mm -hmm. um and, and the bridge of this song is really great too. Like, I don't care. Yes, yeah, so that's the best.
0: Say. So, um, the Rush is worth the price I pay. It's like, in the video, like captures that feeling really well for with a lover in a desert and like, then the black paint and everything like that <laughs> and, the, and the bridge. Like, I love, love, loved the song. Yeah. I downloaded the music video from like iTunes just because I loved it so much. You were obsessed. I was literally obsessed.
1: It's my drug. And I like the the end lyric because it's so quirky hey hey (laughs)
0: Hey. so except I don't like the beard line I like your beard I don't like that line (laughs) and like it throws me off I'm like what I'm like okay It's like you're not expecting it. so it could have won a Grammy if that line wasn't there. No way. I'm telling you. Mark my words. We'll go to the Academy (laughs) and ask them.
1: (laughs) Not a chance. Um, But I think we're in agreement that that was a really great song from 2010.
0: Absolutely. So do you have another song? Yeah. So my next track, kind of in chronological order, because I remember it being released midway, early summer. Um, May 21st? (laughs) <laughs> uh, no. Wait, when was that released? <laughs> oh, maybe actually. It might have been. Not Myself Tonight by ex Tina, the Miss oh. Christina Aguilera, off of her Bionic record, the Wanna most underrated record of all time. Go ahead and take a listen, and we'll talk about it right after. I'm a character. Me. You know it's not the norm Cause I'm doing things that I normally don't do The only thing. Myself tonight by Christina Aguilera, the lead single off of her fourth, I believe fourth studio record, which was um Bionic. Am I right? It's fourth, right? I can um, check that for you. Fourth record, six Bionic is six. No, okay. Well, t- okay. It was her fourth U.S. English record because then she had a couple Spanish records. So, anyways, mm. um, but no. So, Christina Aguilera's Bionic album frequently lauded now as ahead of its time because it completely flopped. And the reason why it flopped... Are you aware about the story? Why it flopped? I know it flopped. I yeah. just don't know why. So, she was accused of stealing Lady Gaga's sound, which was electro pop, right? Mm. Um, and her aesthetic. And as Drew looked at the album cover right now, like, you know, Lady, uh, Lady Gaga. Christina Aguilera took some of Lady Gaga's, was inspired by some of her work, and I think... You know, some can probably agree with that now. Um, but long story short, Perez Hilton was best friends to Lady Gaga back then. Perez Hilton in 2010 was very influential. He literally created this, like, smear campaign against her album, talking about how it sucks, it's horrible. And years later... Perez is no longer friends with Lady Gaga and has definitely come around and said like justice for Bionic it was a great album it was ahead of its time um, interesting it's an interesting album too and because the album is a hodgepodge of like not a hodgepodge it's electro pop it's very futuristic mm-hmm. it As hints of R&B hip hop to it it's just there's ballads on it from Sia Sia was ahead of her, she was ahead of her time with, by recruiting Sia for this record, just I mean, I'm obsessed with the album, mm-hmm. and the lead single to me was perfect. See, I haven't
1: heard the album
0: to What? Honest. No. You were gonna, okay, you literally need to listen to that right after this. It's, you'll love it. Honestly, you'll love it. I'm sure it's uh, better than uh, her latest album. It's definitely, hands down better. <laughs>
1: hands down better. Um... I was really surprised at how short this track was. It's only, how long is it? It's only three minutes. Oh, is it really? Yeah, so... Interesting. It kind of ended abruptly for me. Um, but I'm wondering if if it didn't necessarily gain the impact that she was looking for because of the fact that um, she's still like one of the strongest vocalists of our time. And um, that was manifested in the in the song was her vocals so what are you saying so i'm saying maybe because of the time the fact that it was all very edm heavy and um it wasn't
0: edm uh, heavy yet though i think people were just like against the thought of christina being electro pop i really do like okay i mean I listen to the album in death like You'll hear why people thought it sounded a reminder her of Lady Gaga a bit, but like, I, there was a lot of hatred towards her, and she was also that was a time when people started to realize she's kind of a bitch, in like interviews and stuff like that. Like she'd be really like <laughs> sassy people, and like it's like, yo, get yourself together because you're not gonna be sustainable with this attitude.
1: I mean, I I did hear her vocals like in the song "Not Myself Tonight," so. I don't know. I'm just making a general, like, outside perspective opinion about how she may not have had may not have made such a big impact because of the fact that her vocals were definitely demonstrated in the song, whereas mm-hmm.
0: it wasn't about the production more than anything. Right.
1: Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Most of the pop world at that time, was used to this over overproduction. Yeah, that's high true. High electronic type of style.
0: Well, and this might be why I feel like this song, if a song is released today, I would still be. It feels like a current, you know. It's like very like dark, like elect synthie, you know. Um, I would have much preferred to hear this today. Then, yeah, I mean, oh, definitely a- accelerate. Definitely, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, th- to me, like this is like the the. I don't think this is Christian Galera's style. But it suits her well. I mean, she she knows how to play a pop star when she needs to do that. Dance mm-hmm. floor diva. This was a dance floor ready song. Like I would get down to the song like in my yeah. in my room because I wasn't of age yet. <laughs> but like <laughs> I mean, like honestly, it just it did something for me. And when I look back at my twenty ten, this like stood out of my obsession with this record. Hmm. I'll have to take it a listen to it. Because- a gander. No. Yeah, <laughs> <Look>. <laughs> a little gander
1: with this this album because I haven't heard it. In underrated. Entirety.
0: Absolutely underrated. Everyone needs to listen to it. It's a little long. I think the deluxe is even like up to twenty five tracks, Ooh. but they're twenty five amazing pass. tracks. <laughs> and again, I'm gonna say like if you guys like Sia, you'll like some of the ballads on here because she basically like brought Sia onto the scene with this album. Hmm. Very okay. very sad, heartfelt tracks in bionic. Cool. Wow. Drew.
1: Is it time? It's time for my second 2010 track, and I'm sure most of you have heard this one. It's Teenage Dream by Katy Perry. Go ahead and take a listen if you haven't already heard
0: I'd be sad if you haven't.
1: heard that song, then honestly, where have you been the last ten years? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it literally ten years? Oh my god, it is. Eight no, years. eight years. Okay. <laughs> eight years. Almost <laughs> ten years. But um, I don't know. This song for me was just on repeat, and it's honestly still on repeat for me to this day. Like, Is it really? It is. Like, I feel like this is a timeless song. Like, it,
0: no, it's timeless for sure.
1: Like, It's one that can stand the test of time and it can, it can pass through generation after generation as far as um, its its addictive quality and its its relatability. Actually, um, it's it's an innocent song, but at the same time, it's kind of
0: suggestive at times. Yeah, she
1: can she can be flirty and suggestive, and
0: it's it captures the teenage essence into a bottle and like one song. Like yeah. literally it feels like you feel youth. When you listen to it. Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: And you also feel a spark and magic when you first listen to it. I'll never forget the moment I first heard it. Like, this is why you know it's a good song, is like, Mm -hmm. because you remember that moment when you first listen to it. Um, And I remember, like, a straight man being like, oh, is that Katy Bear's new song? It's so good. I'm like, (laughs) wow, okay, (laughs) this is gonna be a big hit. And it was, because it reached number one right after her big number one, California Girls. Yeah. And this song probably
1: will stand the test of time longer than California. Oh, girls. for
0: sure. Um, for
1: fucking sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I also feel like it's, it's like a, an ideal summer song. That's when it was released was in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, and the video really connects with it well, because it's her driving down the yeah. California Boulevard, um, with the, the top down of her, of her convertible. And, um, she's with her friends, and then it's it pans to a scene with her and her lover so um I don't know i just I just feel like it captures um young love, but at the same time it also i don't know it also shows that love knows no bounds and that you can always go back to those teenage years of um, of hopefulness and of of earnestness. I don't know.
0: Yeah, and I think what's sad about this record is that, um, like, I, I love Bonnie McKee, who is one of the songwriters on it, mm-hmm. and I remember, like, when Bonnie McKee started to try, try to become, like, a pop star. She, um, I don't want to say try, she is a pop star, but, like, yeah. she's not anywhere near level of Katy Perry. Right. Um, but she... I think she kind of expressed this as a regret in giving the song away, because she had pretty much wrote the song, mm-hmm. and then, you know, she brought it... I mean, Max Martin and, and Dr. Luke were like, oh, let's give us a Katy Perry, and Bonnie McHugh's, like, really reluctant, oh, but... Oh, was she? I mean, kind of. Like, I don't think she really talked about it, but, like, I mean, you're going to make money off of this, you know? You're mm-hmm. writing a song, and they... Katy Perry rewrote the chorus with it, but it's just so sad to think about what could have been for the songwriter who had this. Like, because mm-hmm. I don't want to say this, but like, Bonnie McKee essentially is Katy Perry. She's written a lot of songs for Katy yeah. Perry and. In her prime, in Katy Perry's prime, too.
1: Right. It's, at the same time, though, you have to think about, well, would Bonnie McKee's appeal. No, yeah, her
0: pops, like her mass appeal, commercial appeal. Yeah, was not ha- there?
1: Would that have attracted. A lot of people, the same way Katy
0: Perry's appeal. Yeah, did. definitely, probably not. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a timeless song. and I'm glad that they they gave it to us as a gift.
1: Yeah, Eight and that whole ago. that whole album is really extraordinary and probably the defining moment of Katy Perry's career. Even though like that was only her second album, that was yeah, that was her like peak moment i feel
0: well it matched um the only album that has matched uh, michael jackson's
1: right with five number ones um, yeah
0: from what is his bad Bad, or thriller record bad or thriller one of those bad was it? you sure i think so anyways um but yeah i mean it's an iconic song and it will always be like holding up in her career as one of those
1: yeah great well let's move on to your seconds 2010 hits well, it doesn't have to be a hit, I guess. I think it's my last. Oh, your it's last. It's my last, yeah. Yeah, you start us off. So, so
0: it is not a hit. <laughs> um, it um, wasn't a hit anywhere, to be honest. Um, but it's a, a definitely a great song that I feel captures 2010. Um, it is called Forever and a Day by Ms. Kelly Roland of Jesse's Child, And go ahead and take a listen. All right. I can. When you're near me, every heartbeat's making me feel like it's magic, and we have it when it happens. I want Day by Kelly Rowland, which um, is a UK actual single, a single from the UK. Um, mm-hmm. wasn't released in the US officially. Um, I remember hearing this song, um, I don't see I think Prez Hilton. It was just he was just <laughs> like which is the signs of 2010, right? <laughs> um, and I remember like just finding it and like, oh my god, this is like amazing. To me, I chose this song because. It was also kind of a euphoric, like, amazing feeling the first time I heard the song. Um, it, like, it reminded me of summer, it reminded me of happiness and love, and um, you watch the video, there's dancing, you know, it's airy, it's light, it's breezy. Mm-hmm. The production is also amazing, too, um, because it was co-produced by David Guetta. Um, oh, my God, uh, I thought it was, but it's not, apparently. Never mind. Um, Jonas... Jeburg, yeah. There was a rumor that David Guetta had helped with it, um, but Jonas Jeberg is also one of my favorite producers. Um, I've never heard of him. You've never heard of him? No. Look at his catalog. You'll sign songs that you have like, oh my god, wait. Okay. He's one of those names that like produces hits, but you never know. It's like he's not like David Guetta. It's another the brand behind him. Okay. Um, but anyways, it's representative of the sound of that time, where it's that oh yeah pop light EDM touch mm-hmm. this was a transition song I feel like between the, the poppy area of uh, this came out later 2010 towards the EDM sound that could define 2011, 12, 13, and 14 and I will say that it's your first time listening to it too
1: right? it is my first time again. wow and, well I mean it was UK so I mean I have an excuse I thought
0: you were born there <laughs> no i okay.
1: I will say that um, it seems that from the destiny's child era era um, kelly seems to have more embraced the edm Dance, sounds yeah. um because one of my favorite tracks of hers is commander mm. i actually think you introduced me to that song so did i wow i think i still
0: so. love that song too that was also does sound i think
1: oh really yeah yeah i see it on this track list for her here i am album but um yeah it seems like she's that's the route she seemed to want to go and um it also kind of reminded me of jordan sparks in a in a respect in what way <laughs> because
0: so random
1: <laughs> it kind of is but um because those moments where she hits the really high notes on the song um those kind of oh connect me back to jordan sparks who is of course an american idol winner um I mean, let's be honest, she hasn't had the biggest career, but um, I feel like she's built her career off of um, her her vocal registry. And so that kind of reminded me of, of Jordan Sparks,
0: to be honest. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it was a really solid song. I would, I would probably listen to it again.
0: Yeah, what I wanted to hear is, it's like, I wanted to give you guys a hidden gem, you know, a song that you probably would never yeah. have heard. Um it's, and actually, I just verified it was co produced by David Guetta, which makes sense because David Guetta fucking rocked 2010, yeah, the early the early 2000s, 2010s, yeah. So well, so well. Um, and to me, yeah, this is just like when I look back at 2010, this was one of the defining songs of that year. Hmm. Well, thanks for bringing it to our attention yeah. because mm-hmm. I had never heard of it. I'm introducing you guys to new hits. <laughs>
1: So um, that wraps um, up
0: Unlike me Who uh, Chose commercial <laughs> That's fine Commercial defined 2010 As well though
1: I still have one more By the way
0: Oh my god You really <laughs> Oops <laughs> You can tell We've had a long day
1: <laughs> Okay so My last track Of 2010 Is <laughs> Only girl Parentheses In the world oh god. By Rihanna So Rihanna's go ahead And dead. take a listen Let's going mm-hmm. okay. So that was my third and final uh, song from 2010 that was one of my favorites and right from the start uh, this is a song that just hits you with all those powerful sonics like um, it's like boom 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 right away and Rihanna does not let up at all throughout the course of the song Um, and I love the message of it that That hey, you should make me feel as special as being the The only only girl girl in the world. world. Yeah, so or boy or boy, no no matter what your gender is. Yeah, so (laughs) I like that Rihanna gives that idea that hey, I'm special enough that you should make me feel um, extremely special, and
0: which is a lot to ask sometimes.
1: It is, yeah. But I mean, I actually remember that you played the song or you introduced me to the song oh. way back in 2010, oh. and I remember not liking it actually yeah. um, because I'm like, well, this is just like the same thing over and over. Yeah. But it, it was it was definitely a grower, and I honestly think it's one of the songs from 2010 that has grown the best really Age aged the best because on the radio I still listen to the radio it's probably one of the more frequent songs from this year really? that I hear um so that speaks to the fact that it's aged well and it's it's a song that
0: people still listen to kind of gravitate toward when I first heard it I was not into it either. I oh, like yeah. was kind of like... Well, because I was also emotionally invested into Rated R, her mm-hmm. her um, album previous from that. That was literally just released a year prior to that. Yeah. Um, because I love the aesthetic, the tone, the music, everything from that album. Um, and when this song came out, I'm like, I wasn't ready for a new era, first of all.
1: Although and Rihanna does a great job of...
0: Rapidly moving one on. one year
1: after another. Yeah, but.
0: she used to. Not anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. But like... Um, I wasn't ready for it and then when a song came out I'm like, Okay, I'm like it's okay, but to me it sounds like I mean it sounds two out of ten, right? Like yeah. chorus, the E D M light touch with it, like Yeah. In my notes
1: I said that it combines kind of classic Rihanna with the sound of the time because commanding like tone and everything. Yeah, and in- Especially in the bridge, she kind of brings that reggae tone Mm -hmm. to it, and Mm -hmm. she kind of combines that Mm -hmm. with
0: the EDM sonics of 2010. I don't know if I call it reggae, but she definitely takes a command like in this entire song. Yeah, like yeah, she means she she knows how to command it and own it. Like Katy Perry would never be able to release a song in the world. I mean, Mm -hmm. in the world, like ever in her life, you know, probably not. Like Rihanna can release this though. And this is kind of like the first signs that we saw of what this new empowered Rihanna was like because she was so battered and broken in her era previously from the whole Grammys incident with Chris Brown Brown, that she kind of took out this new like emerging Mm -hmm. as, you know what? Fuck it. I own this. Yeah. But do you think
1: that this is the music that she wants wants to to release? put out?
0: Well, according to sources, um, she plans on making another EDM album like a little bit like loud from that last time because that's my favorite album of hers is it really mm-hmm. it's not my favorite i like it it's not my favorite but honestly i think rihanna i don't think it's her passion I definitely think what mm-hmm. you heard on Auntie is probably more of, like, her thing. Yeah, back to her roots and everything. Yeah, back to her roots, like, R&B, Taj, and she does it well. She does everything well, first of all. Mm-hmm. Like, she knows she's not going to do a country album. She's not Gaga. <laughs> she's not stupid. Um, but, like, she knows what she does well, and I think that she also knows, like other artists, knows how to make a hit. And I think she knows that this is the type music she probably will have to release in order to make a hit on the radio.
1: Well, this album was nominated for album of the year. If oh, you yeah, remember. I forgot about that. Um, because it just produced hit after hit. Like, yeah, only was, girl, what's your, what's my name, and then S and M, so, and then California Girls. It was even just... even
0: Cheers was a very yeah, nice hit.
1: Yeah, it was one hit after the other. So it was it was very comparable to Katy Perry's album in that yeah. it was one hit. Coming right.
0: She was consistent with the album other. for
1: sure. Yeah. So that was the nice thing about 2010 is that you had these artists that were constantly. Yeah, they were out owning it. Like regular hits.
0: They were owning it. I mean, Katy Perry, it was pretty much Katy Perry, Kesha, and Rihanna's mm-hmm. year, and Nicki Minaj, which we have not included so far in this podcast. Yeah. I don't think we are actually. But, um,
1: because that was her debut album. Yeah.
0: Pink Friday. And I remember this, like, picture in 2010 of... It was literally all four of those artists. And I'm like, oh my god, this is, like, my heaven. I was obsessed <laughs> with all four of them that year. Um, nostalgia. I love it.
1: And then even Lady Gaga had her... Who's she? <laughs> Shut up. She had her uh, her drippling hits from 20, yeah. 2009 that were still making an impact in t- 2010, so... It was just a year of really solid pop music, and I think that's why we chose to start with this year as one of our highlights. We loved it. Yeah.
0: So now we're going to move in to our roundup of honorable mentions. All right. I forgot all about Yeah. <laughs> lightning round. Lightning round of songs that we uh, want to mention, at least, but are not going to spend time on. I'll go ahead and get started, Drew. Okay fucking perfect which is really just called perfect by pink um but it has the word f word in the swearing explicit version Mm -hmm. um long story short empowering great message um and obviously by pink it's all about kind of knowing that you are perfect the way you are Mm -hmm. and to me like it was such a like it's kind of like a sleeper hit like no one expected that to come out after razor glass it was great and it was part of her greatest hits so far. Yeah. that dot, that, that so far. Um, yeah, she's always a force to be reckoned with. Oh, for sure. And she will continue to be so. My next one is... Whoa, whoa, um, whoa. Oh, do you, you want to do it you now? We can do that. I thought we were switching off. Oh, okay,
1: let's do it. Okay. <laughs> uh, my One of my honorable mentions was Just a Dream by Nellie. Now, Nellie is... <gasps> shut <ding>. up. <laughs> Nellie is... More known for his R and B and rap uh, stylistic uh, delivery, yeah. but this was this was pretty much a pop hit if you if you think about it. So, um, I really like the fact that he was willing to switch genres and kind of um, experiment with with a different sound. And I thought it was a really prominent hit on the radio. Um, so, just a dream was different from Nelly, and it's one that I
0: really enjoyed. I never liked a song. I was literally, and I think it's his last like big solo hit. I think the only other one he's had And hit period. Last one he had was um, Cruise, a couple years ago, or three or four years ago. Oh, like, I don't Flo- Florida that. Georgia Line. Cruise. Oh yeah, he was. That was yeah, part like of a, a featured remix. artist. Yeah. So, anyways, um, my second pick is um, actually Rude Boy by Rihanna, because although it was actually released in 2009, it was a single in 2010. Um, I didn't want to go into this one because a lot of people know that song, and even now I'm kind of like, at times, like, oh, God, I've heard this so many times, because I was so obsessed with it when it came out that I would play it all the damn time. I thought I was Rihanna. I'm (laughs) like, at prom, I remember dancing to this and getting down with it. Um, It was just the fucking jam. That was back. one of
1: her songs from Rated R that yeah. I did not like, actually.
0: are You You never liked Rude Boy? No. You need a little more flavor in you. Mm, no. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm good. Yeah, we'll listen to it again. It ages well.
1: Okay. I'll try. My next honorable mention is from today's biggest pop star, Beckman Back then, she was country, and Uh it was Taylor Swift. I don't know if I would call her today's biggest pop star, but that's okay. Maybe last year she was. Yeah, last year was good. Um, But uh, she released Mine in 2010, and I feel like that was, it was country pop. It was kind of the start of her leanings towards pop music, so um, it was a cute song. It was kind of catchy, so I thought that. That was worth mentioning for
0: for twenty ten. Is that off Sparks Fly or it is yeah. off Sparks Fly? Yes. So yeah. I never really was a Taylor fan until probably nineteen eighty nine. No, I'm um, the
1: same. I I didn't like her until that.
0: Yeah, era. she had a couple good songs off that album though, and obviously it won Grammy. So, mm-hmm. so who cares what I say? My uh, final honorable mention is um a lesser-known track called Scream, and it's by Kalise. So Kalise is, um obviously, I think people know her. as a milkshake girl. I'm, I'm a milkshake. Brings you know, Yeah, yeah the from Mean right. Girls. Like, <laughs> popular song. She released Bossy in 2006. Yeah. And then in 2010, she came out with this amazing dance album called Flesh Tone. Um, If you guys have not listened to it, listen to it in its entirety from start to finish. It's amazing. Even my friends um, that are not into dance music love it. It's just like the most cohesive album It's 4th of July on that one? Yeah, 4th of July. Okay. Um, It's an amazing record. So this one is just produced by David Guetta, Go Is Hard, EDM. You guys need to listen to it. Okay, great.
1: Including you. I'll take a listen. And my final honorable mention is Break Your Heart by Tayo Cruz. And it was actually released in 2009 in the UK, Ooh. but it was released in the US in 2010. So it still fits this episode criteria.
0: Um, he <laughs> <laughs> wanted to make sure of that. It was a good track, but it was fun. Yeah. I, would, I wouldn't say it's memorable. Like, it's not, I don't, for me. Oh, see, for me, it was
1: because I always remember. You broke someone's heart? No. (laughs) I remember riding in the car with one of my friends, and um, this song was playing, and I remember just singing the lyrics to it, and it just reminds me of that time in 2010. Yeah, of youth when we were graduating, when we were starting a new chapter, so Um, the lyrics don't necessarily mean that much to me, but just because of its nostalgia
0: yeah. factor, um, I really I really liked it and thought it was worth... I mean, it was a hit back then. Yeah, it for sure. Dynamite was better, though. If you were going to pick any Tao Grew song, it should have been Dynamite. I'm sorry.
1: Mm, I <sighs> feel like that one was overplayed. Yeah. And that, so that one kind of... It was a good track. ...wore out its welcome, but um, I feel like Break Your Heart will still be fresh
0: in my mind.
1: Cool. Yeah.
0: Well, that concludes our discussion on our favorite 2010 tracks Mm -hmm. it was true it was kind of fun like being nostalgic and like thinking about the time that was like eight years ago it was hard to or nine years ago actually oh my god yeah it was hard to pick out certain songs
1: because especially this year it was filled with such big hits so i don't know if this was true for you but i had a hard time whittling it
0: down to just yeah. a few tracks yeah i had a lot of tracks in the running list mm-hmm. and i'm like uh, yeah, yeah, it was so hard but yeah. i mean i look fondly on those memories um again for us it meant more than just like uh good songs but transition time we were moving into college yeah, and absolutely changing into adults and yeah it was a special time in our lives for sure and so
1: in the future we'll try to focus on a different year in music.
0: Um, yeah. No 1960s. <laughs> um, but if you guys have any ideas. 1940s,
1: though. That, that's no, all I won't do
0: year. that either. <laughs> but if you guys have any ideas of other eras that you want to like, hear our thoughts on, we're more than happy to do that. Yeah. Drew, how do they get a hold of us?
1: Well, they can look on our website, com, mm-hmm. or they can look at our social media. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, And Instagram. So, all those arrays are um, methods you can use to recommend different years for um, music highlights or other ideas that you have as far as episodes.
0: Or you can argue with Drew about. Drew, I don't like Break Your Heart. You should have picked this one. That's more than perfectly welcome to do that.
1: Or you can argue with Mike and say <laughs> that Kelly Rowland song <laughs> was nowhere to be found in 2010. Actually, so. you
0: can't find it on iTunes. So we'll make <laughs> sure see. We'll, we'll make sure to find. So share the music video link on YouTube instead. Wow. Well, well, this is Mike. And Drew. Thank you guys for listening to Bump Bop to, to This, this music. music. And we'll talk to you later.